What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Joey Morales Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the AFC South, going team by team, giving our thoughts on the win totals, who we think might win the division. So let's go ahead and kick it off with the Houston Texans, who last year went 4-12, and pretty much had uh, probably about one of the worst seasons you can have, considering the expectations I think that team had. Um, they lost uh, Will Fuller in the offseason. They lost cornerback Desmond King. They also lost defensive end J.J. Watt and running back Duke Johnson. In the offseason, they got a couple running backs, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, and then they got quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Uh, some positive stats from 2020. They were first in yards per play, second in passing completion percentage. Uh, negatives from 2020, they were 25th in red zone scoring conversion percentage and 30th in opponent yards per play. Their 2021 strength of schedule is 15th. Uh, one is the hardest and 32 is the easiest. So pretty middle of the pack. Their 2021 win total is only sitting at four wins. The over at minus with 115, the under also at minus 115. So some thoughts on 2020. I mean, yeah, they pretty much had a, a pretty bad year. They started their season off with four straight losses, a loss versus Kansas City, a loss versus the Ravens, a loss versus the Steelers, and a loss versus the Vikings now. Those first three games are pretty tough, but all three of those opponents, I believe, uh, had over 10 wins. So they certainly had a tough schedule to start off to start the season last year. But, you know, kind of even just looking at their wins, two of their wins came against the Jags. Another win came against the Lions. So their wins really didn't even come against that many tough opponents. But not, you know, not one win did they get was even against a playoff opponent. So. Not really a good season for them in 2020. I think really the only thing that seemed to go right was Deshaun Watson. He led this team to first in yards and per play in the league, which is very impressive considering this team's record last year. He was second in the league in passing completion percentage. I really think they had actually a pretty decent trio down the stretch of receivers. They had Will Fuller. They had Brandon Cooks. They had Kiki Kute. I think Kiki Kute is actually not a bad receiver, so I think that was a really good trio for them, and it, I think it really seemed to help them move the ball because they really weren't getting that much production from David Johnson or Duke Johnson out of the uh, running game. I think the big problem came, though, is when they tried to score, they just, again, when you don't have a capable running back that you can run the ball with if, uh, when you're down in the red zone, short-yarded situations, it kind of creates a problem because... You know, passing lanes get jammed up when it's that close. The safeties don't have to stand far as far back, so they can kind of, you know, wreak havoc in the quick slants and the, you know, ins, the outs. So you really need to be able to run the football when you get in close. And I think that's why they kind of struggled uh, in the red zone. They were 25th in red zone scoring conversion percentage. I mean, Duke, I think David Johnson didn't even get 700 rushing yards last year in the <laughs> Obviously not a good sign when you trade for for him from the Cardinals and give them DeAndre Hopkins, probably one of the worst trades we will ever see in the entire NFL history. Um, so, you know, moving into 2021, it's kind of a mess. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson starts starts with a bunch of legal issues. I believe some more lawsuits came out this week. Uh, it's probably only a matter of time, I think, till he gets on the NFL uh, commissioner's exempt list which would, he would still get paid for every game, but he wouldn't be able to play. Um, and, you know, likely this stuff doesn't get resolved until probably next year. So it could be a while till we see uh, Deshaun Watson playing a game. So the Texans elected to uh, sign Tyrod Taylor on a one-year deal. 
he's going to have to really stay healthy because his backup is their rookie David Mills, which they drafted. So Tyrod Taylor's really got to stay healthy. Otherwise, this team could even be probably 0-17. It might be the first 0-17 team that we have. So now looking at other pieces, they also lost Will Fuller, which is their best receiver. He was a dynamic down-the-field receiver who could stretch the field. He had some injury issues, but when he was playing, he was about as good of a weapon as they come. So now you have to start the season with Brandon Cooks as your number one receiver, another receiver that has struggled, not necessarily with injury, but he has had a lot of concussion issues in his career. And I thought he should have really hung uh, hang the cleats up after his last one. Just too many. I think he's had at least five in the last like seven years, which is way too many concussions for anybody to be having in their life. The Texans hired passing game coordinator David Culley as their head coach uh, from the Ravens. He wasn't even really on anyone's radar as a head coaching candidate, so I'm not really sure what they saw there, but I think this is probably just like a one-year pass in terms, in many aspects in terms of the quarterback position for Tyrod Taylor, in terms of the head coaching position. I don't I mean, I don't think that they were – they even tried to really pitch their job to anybody that was serious in the NFL, a serious head coaching candidate because – Nobody's going to want nobody's going to want to start their head coaching career off with this sort of team and this sort of kind of, you know, dark cloud that's hanging above them. I mean, you lose J.J. Watt, you lose DeAndre Hopkins, you lose Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson has legal issues. This pretty much team is just spiraling out of control. So I think even on defense, they're probably they're going to get worse as well. So on offense, we know they're going to be horrible. You got Tyrod Taylor, Brandon Cooks, and that's pretty much it. On defense, they're probably going to get worse. J.J. Watt, this team was already 30th in yards per play allowed. Now J.J. Watt leaves. Uh, the defensive line last year ranked dead last in uh, PPA PPF's overall grades. So now J.J. Watt leaves, so now that's going to be even worse. You know, I, I don't really expect that even – Someone like Bradley Roby will start the season, uh, so he's going to be yeah he's going to be starting the season suspended. So the, uh, this unit's really going to struggle, I think, going into twenty twenty one. So from an offensive standpoint, I don't really think they're going to be able to move the ball now that they don't have Watson, now that they don't have Fuller. The running game really never got going, and I think the additions that they even have, you know, with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, aren't really that great. I mean, maybe Philip Lindsay has it to, you know, try to improve this uh you know short yardage game but other than that i don't really expect either side of this ball to perform overly well i think that and looking at their schedule they have some good challenges as well they're going to have games uh away at the browns away bills home rams away 49ers home chargers i think every single one of those is going to be a loss they do get to play the jaguars twice which is somewhat nice but i think that the jags looking at their roster we'll talk about them in a second are in a much better spot in 2021 than the Texans are. And they also get to play the Jets. So they have some games, but I really think that uh, this win total might even be too high. I mean, their win total is outside of the Lions is a full two and a half games lower than the next highest team. So the entire NFL is pretty much laughing at this, how bad this team is going to be this year. I think for them to even get to five wins, you're basically going to have to win both games versus the Jags, win versus the Jets, and somehow try to find two wins uh, versus the Patriots, versus the Panthers, versus the Cardinals, versus the Dolphins, two out of those four games. Every single other game, I think they're going to be a double-digit underdog 
and probably even in some of the ones I've listed, such as the Dolphins, they could be uh, double-digit underdogs. If Tyrod gets hurt, which he could, he could, he could get hurt because he's a running quarterback. This could, like I said before, easily be the first zero and seventeen team we've ever seen. I think the fact that the under and the over are the same odds is kind of bizarre to me. I, I think that just mostly must be because people might are, are are wondering if Deshaun Watson can somehow play. But I think uh, getting in on the under early here before that gets moved is probably the way to, I would want to go because I do not see any way that Deshaun Watson is playing a game this season. So moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, they went 11-5. and five. Their 2021 win total sitting at 9.5 wins, the over at minus 150, the under at plus 120. So they lost quarterback Phillip Rivers in the offseason, and they also lost uh, some important edge rushers, defensive end Justin Houston and defensive end Danico Autry. They also lost left tackle Anthony Costanzo, in the offseason, they got quarterback Carson Wentz and left tackle Eric Fisher. Their top draft pick, uh, Quiddy Payne, a defensive end from Michigan with their first-round pick. Some positive stats from 2020. They were ninth in yards per play. They were 10th in passing completion percentage. They were 8th in points per game, 3rd in turnover margin, and a 12th in yards per play allowed. Some negative stats from 2020. They were 18th in 3rd down conversion percentage and 21st in red zone scoring percentage. Their 2021 strength of schedule sitting at 23, so a little easier uh, than other teams. Some, so some thoughts on 2020. You know, what a good way for Philip Rivers to kind of end his career. One final season with the Colts, he threw for over 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I think that they, the Colts, benefited some from some some spectacular performances from rookie Jonathan Taylor, who rushed for 1,169 yards and scored 11 touchdowns. Rookie Michael Pittman Jr. I think is going to be a pretty good receiver in this league. He had over 500 receiving yards and actually led the receivers in yards after catch. Including the playoffs, the Colts only lost two games by more than one score. They were able to get to ninth in yards per play and eighth in points per game. Frank Reich, I think, is one of the better coaches in the entire league and did a beautiful job in getting pretty much about the most he could get out of this roster in 2020. Their win total in 2020 was only eight and a half wins. So for them to get 11 is very impressive. I think that the Colts will continually be underestimated and not, and people aren't weighing enough that Frank Reich is a brilliant coach, will always put his team in a better position to win than the average coach would. So on defense, I think this is where this team actually performed very well. They were 12th in yards per play allowed, third in turnover margin, and 11th in sack percentage. They had three players get 7.5 sacks or more last season. They had DeForest Buckner, who's a beast, Justin Houston, Danico Autry. All three, the three of them accumulated 25 sacks. Unfortunately, they just had the unlucky draw of drawing the Bills in the wild card round in the playoffs and lost 27 to 24. The Bills were a great team last year, so kind of sad for them to lose that way. Going into 2021, the Colts had some very impactful losses this season. I, Phillip Rivers might not be as good as Wentz, but he certainly played above his level last year, and I think he was a good fit for this team. Uh, and he was 8th and 10th in the league in passing completion percentage and yards per game, respectively. So, uh, you know, pretty good stats considering how old Phillip Rivers was, who is now retired. You know, they lost left tackle Anthony Costanzo. That's another big position to, to lose somebody. They do get Eric Fisher, who's coming off an Achilles injury, so maybe he will be able to make up for that loss. But, you know, that's still a question mark. 
um, because he might not even be ready for the start of the season. This really comes down to what you think of Carson Wentz. I personally don't think he's a franchise quarterback. Obviously, he has history with Frank Reich. That's why he went there. And I think that, but I think the Eagles kind of knew that Carson Wentz wasn't it. And I think that's why they wanted to, were happy to get rid of him. Uh, the Colts are pretty much just going to have to use their all pro guard, Quentin Nelson, to try to establish a solid ground game with Wentz. You know, now that you have Jonathan Taylor, that seems that's something that they can absolutely do. Um, if they can do that, they can definitely mix in lots of play action, some, um, you know, some bootleg stuff like that to keep, uh, Wentz from getting sacked. I believe Wentz took more sacks than any other quarterback in 2020. Uh, so that'll be a nice relief for him to come over to the Colts. So again, that left tackle position is kind of scary for me. I don't know if, if Eric Fisher is going to be ready and if he's not, it could be kind of a, a big hole to have in on the offense at one of the worst positions positions to have it. Um, so you're going to need Michael Pittman to grow significantly in year two, uh, try to become a dominant wide, two, wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one, depending on how T.Y. Hilton looks, who's T.Y. Hilton's turn, turning 31. So they really need Pittman to kind of step it up and become the down the field threat. So that way T.Y. Hilton can kind of do the intermediate routes, intermediate to short routes that he usually likes doing. On defense is where I think this team lost some significant pieces. Danico Autry and Justin Houston combined for 15 and a half sacks last season. So their absence is going to be certainly felt this year. I think that they would, the Colts would be lucky maybe to get a better season from linebacker Darius Leonard, who had seven sacks in his rookie season in 2018, but just three last year in 2020. Uh, you know, looking at their schedule, the start of the season is pretty brutal. They get a home game versus the Seahawks, which the Seahawks might not be a great team, but you still have to go up against Russell Wilson. And they have a two, uh, you know, they have two really good receivers. That's going to be a very tough challenge. They have a home game versus the Rams, who I think is going to be one of the Super Bowl contenders this year. They have an away game versus the Titans. Still a very tough game. Uh, we talked about that team before. Um, they have an away, or, or we're going to talk about that team. I think that's going to be the Titans are going to be still a tough challenge in 2021. They have some holes that I think they were able to get away with in 2020. So, but that I think that'll still be a tough game, especially in a away game. Then they have an away game versus the Dolphins. Pretty much every single piece on the Dolphins team is a good player. Now they have Wolf, Will Fuller from the Texans. So, that's going to be a tough game, but you know I don't really like Tua, so maybe not. Uh, then they have an away game versus the Ravens. So like I said, home Seahawks, home Rams, away Titans, away Dolphins, away Ravens. Three straight away games too. That's not that's not great either. So kind of a kind of a tough uh, stretch to start the season with. Um, pretty much all five of those teams have win totals of nine and a half or more. So. And every single one of them, the over is the betting favorite. So most the public pretty much thinks that the over is going to hit. All those teams are probably going to get 10 wins or more. So, yeah, tough stretch for the Colts to be playing there. Um, they do get to play the Jags twice. They do get to play the Texans twice. You can pretty much chalk all four of those games up as a win, assuming assuming the Jags are, you know, just kind of take a, a decent step, not a huge step. I will talk about them, too, but. I mean, there's so many question marks with that team. I think from, you know, just looking at a win total standpoint, you got to just chalk it up as a win. This Colts team is still very good, very talented. Frank Wright's still a great coach. I think they can get two wins against that team. So you can probably chalk up four wins. They also get to play the Jets. Uh, that, that should be a good win. 
Uh, they get to play, let's see, oh, they have a home game versus the Raiders. That should be an easy win for them. Um, but they're also going to have some really tough games. They have an away game versus the Bills. They lost to them in the playoffs last year. They have a home game versus the Buccaneers. They won the Super Bowl. They have an away game versus the 49ers, who I think they're not going to be that great, but they still have a win total of 10 wins. So, And that one, again, favored towards the over. So, you know, none of those games are really helping them to make the chance of the playoffs. But whether or not they can get to 10 wins, I think they can get there. Um this is really going to just kind of come down to what you think versus the uh, what you think of Carson Wentz. You know, if you think that he can be a, a capable quarterback and can win uh, some some games for them, then maybe the over might you know be a decent bet. You know, what a, another bet I was also kind of looking at is to win the division. Both the Colts and the Titans are plus one fifteen. I think the Titans are actually going to take a big step back in twenty twenty one. So. I think the Colts sitting at plus 115 to win the division is not a bad bet because, you know, the rest of the division has to play some of these tough games as well. So the Colts might not get 10 wins, but if they get nine and the rest of the, the rest of the league or the rest of the division kind of also takes a step back, that could be a spot to get in. So, you know, looking at their layup games, I think that their win total floor is at least like six to seven games. So if you think they can just kind of grab three wins out of these tougher matchups, then I think maybe the over should make some sense as well. All right. Now looking at the Jaguars in 2020, they went one in 15, their 2021 win total sitting at six and a half wins, the over at minus 110, the under at minus 120. Couldn't really find any players that they lost in the, in the offseason. Uh, obviously, who they got in the offseason, they got cornerback Shaquille Griffin, wide receiver Marvin Jones, and safety Rayshon Jenkins. I believe Rayshon Jenkins was, was from the Chargers. Um, their top draft pick, everyone knows this, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson, first-round pick. Some positive stats from 2020. It was pretty tough to find something uh, from this team just because they were 1-15 last year. They were 14th in red zone scoring percentage. Not bad for a team that went 1-15. Negatives, um, they were 29th in rushing yards per game, 31st in penalties per game, 31st in opponent yards per play, and 30th in opponent rushing yards per game. Um, they were also 31st in opponent passing completion percentage. Their 2021 strength of schedule is 18th. Um, again, one being the hardest, 32 being the easiest. Um, the Jags, I think, will forever be grateful for the Jets for giving them I, the first overall pick. I mean, what a what a mess that what that was. That whole situation was. Sam Donald wins that game. They ended up getting rid of him anyways. They lose the first round pick. I mean, what a mess. Um, so, but I think really not much else needs to be said for 2020 for the Jags. I mean, I think they really did exactly what they needed to do. They tanked. They got the first round pick. Now they got a franchise quarterback, which we all think he will be. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, pretty much they were awful in every other statistical category. Um, the really only thing I think you can kind of take away from it is that LaVisca Chenault was a pretty, he's a pretty good weapon. He had 600 receiving yards. He scored five touchdowns. I also think they got a good amount of performance out of undrafted free agent um, James Robinson, who rushed over a thousand yards last season. Pretty impressive considering how often the Jags were losing in 2020. So that's a good season. Again, a UDFA to get that much production. That's pretty good. Um, but not really. I, think, I don't really think any other 
you know, analysis needs to be done for 2020 for the Jags. It was pretty obvious what they needed to do last season. But going into 2021, Urban Meyer steps in as the head coach, gets a ton of young talent, gets Trevor Lawrence, he gets rookie Travis Etienne Jr., gets two great receivers, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Shark Jr. I think throw in the addition of Marvin Jones, and now you have pretty a pretty good trio. It's kind of funny. Every single one of those players is a junior. LaVisca Chenault Jr., DJ Chark Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., I think the long-term effects of drafting Etienne might be a little detrimental, like I just said. I mean, they got quite a bit of production out of Robinson, out of James Robinson as an undrafted free agent. You know, that's kind of the nuts to get that much production without even having to waste a draft pick. So I think that might hurt them in the long run, run, but for now, I think this team has lots of weapons and should be able to score some points, maybe not at first as they're getting used to uh, you know, how they play, but certainly at some point down the road. They really struggled in defense in 2020, but some I think some key additions going to help them. Rayshon Jenkins, cornerback Shaquille Griffin, both of those two players are going to have to assist second-year players. Cornerback uh, C.J. Henderson to stop the passing attack. This team was second to last in passing completion percentage, so any improvement will be huge for them. The one area they really hasn't addressed, uh, haven't addressed, is edge rushing. Uh, Dewante Smoot was the only player who had more than two and a half sacks last season, so. The Jags are definitely going to have to try to somehow address that, maybe try to even just call more blitzes to get some extra pass rush. But the additions in the secondary aren't going to help much, I think, if the opposing quarterback has to throw all day. So they really got to address that at some point. Their schedule has some opportunities. They get to start with a pretty decent schedule. They have an away Texans. They have a home game versus the Broncos, who now we know won't have Aaron Rodgers. They have a home game versus the Cardinals, away game versus the Bengals. All four of those games in my eyes, are winnable games. The, obviously, the hardest one's going to be versus the home game versus the Cardinals, but we've already break, broken down that team, and that team is kind of missing some depth options, um, Has some, still has some concerns. So I think the Jags, if they played, if they have a couple games where they can get, um, you know, some, you know, some charisma together, um, they can actually, actually probably beat that, beat that Cardinals team. So, it's not really crazy to think that this team might be able to hit the over, um, Kind of looking at some other games, they're going to have some tough matchups. They're going to have an away game versus the Seahawks, a home game versus the Bills, a home game versus the 49ers, an away game versus the Rams, and a home game versus the Dolphins. I All those teams are going to be tough. They also get some, some other easier games down the road, kind of towards the end of the season. They get an away game versus the Jets, a home game versus the Falcons. Those two games, they could still win as well. So I think kind of going just game by game, I can reasonably get them to five wins. If they win games versus teams that have a worse roster than this one, I can certainly get them to five wins. So, But to get to seven and to hit the over, they, they're probably just going to have to steal like a game from like the Colts or the Titans, one of the divisional games, which they can do. Uh, but it's kind of tough to assume that they're going to. This, this roster is very different in 2021 than it was in 2020. A lot of assumptions you'd have to make to, in order to get to the over. I really just think you just have to ask yourself what you think of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I I, I don't know. Like his his final two seasons, uh, you know, at least in the playoffs in college, because you know the ACC is a mess. He just he seemed like still a good quarterback, but I don't know if he seems like the best player we've really ever seen in our entire life. Like everyone seems to be thinking, um, you know, looking at their win total sitting at six and a half. In order to hit the over, you'd, they'd have to get seven wins. They won one game last year. So to, 
to think that they're going to win six more games in 2021 than they did in 2020 is a huge leap. It, and it doesn't happen often in the NFL. So I think for me, I'm just going to stay away from this one. I mean, it's going to be an, uh, a treat to kind of watch this team play. You know, the, the NFL is better when every single team has a confident quarterback. And for the longest time, the Jags didn't. And, you know, those Thursday night games were brutal to watch. So it's pretty cool to know that this year we're going to have um, a decent quarterback for the Jags that are a good quarterback for the Jags that we can watch on some of those, like, yeah, those Thursday night games. So last team, let's move on to the t- Tennessee Titans who last year went 11 and five. They're over under sitting at nine, the over at minus 140, the under at plus 110. They've lost wide receiver, Corey Davis, tight end, Johnny Smith and offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith in the offseason. Uh, they've added wide receiver Julio Jones, wide receiver Josh Reynolds, and linebacker Dud, Dud, Bud Dupree, as well as defensive end Danico Autry comes over from the Colts in division, a change there. And then a cornerback, Janoris Jenkins. Their top draft pick was Caleb Farley, a cornerback from Virginia Tech with their first round pick. Some positive stats from 2020. They were fourth in points per game, second in rushing yards per game, fifth in yards per play, and second in turnover margin per game. Some negatives from 2020. They were 25th in opponent yards per play, 32nd in opponent third down conversion percentage, and their uh, strength of schedule in 2021 is 13th. So on looking at 2020, I think they had a good uh, season on paper. They had 11 wins, but still lost in the wildcard round to Baltimore. Um, looking closer at some of their wins gives me reasons to think it was somewhat of a fluke. Four of their wins came versus the Texans or the Jags. Not really good wins to have in 2020. They had two wins in overtime. And of the eight teams that they played that ended up making the playoffs, they just went four and four in those games. So not really a good record, but. I mean, I guess not too horrible either, but, you know, considering they went 11 and five, you'd think that maybe they would have performed better versus better teams on offense. The Titans were one of the best eight teams in the league. Uh, they were fifth in yards per play, fourth in points per game. Derrick Henry rushed for over 2000 yards and helped get the Titans to second in the league in rushing yards per game. You know, that kind of rushing production is going to work wonders for any quarterback. And it really allowed the, the Titans to use play action, get Tannehill in good spots, allowed, allowed him to throw for 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. They had the second best turnover margin in the entire league. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis were probably one of the better wide receiver duos in the game. I think I've said that quite a bit of times, but I can't help it. There's a lot of good receivers out there today. Um, the duo both had nearly 1,000 receiving yards. So that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. They're pretty good. Uh, Davis had 984. A.J. Brown even scored 11 touchdowns, so a very impressive uh, offense that the Titans put on display in 2020. On defenses where they were just god-awful. They were 25th in opponent yards per play, dead last in opponent third down conversion percentage. That's really never a good result for a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl, that's going into the playoffs. Harold Landry III was the only player that had more than three sacks on the entire Titans roster. The Titans also didn't fare much better in the secondary. They were 23rd in opponent passing completion percentage. It's a good thing that Derrick Henry was able to run so well because I think if he didn't, this defense would have been exposed a lot more and they would have given up a lot more points, probably lost a few more games and not even really made the playoffs potentially. So looking into 2021, they lose uh, some, they kind of lose three key pieces and only get back one on offense. Corey Davis comes in, replace, or Corey Davis leaves. Julio Jones comes in kind of a wash there. I think Julio Jones is still a very physically talented receiver still should be able to make up for that lost production. If not all of it, but pretty close Johnny Smith leaves. And so Anthony Ferkser steps into the tight end one role. 
Berkshire actually has had a decent 2020 season. He had only 61 less receiving yards than Johnny Smith, despite playing as the tight end too. So I think that's, you know, not that bad of a loss. Uh, but it, to my eyes, I think the biggest piece that they lost was offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. Smith was able to get more out of Ryan Tannehill than any other de- uh, offensive coordinator and basically in his entire career going back all the way back to 2012 as a rookie. His previous high for touchdowns was 27 and that was in 2014. And looking at his interceptions, he only threw seven despite playing all 16. That was a that was his per game record for his career going all the way back to 2019, where he only threw six interceptions, but he only played 12 games. So, again, he played the entire season through seven interceptions, the best he's ever had per game in his entire career. So Todd Downing goes from the Titans tight end coach to the offensive coordinator to replace Smith. And I think he's going to obviously have all the weapons to deploy I like that head coach Mike Vrabel kind of went with an internal hire here rather than an outside hire. Downing is more likely to have picked up on some of the schemes and ideas that Arthur Smith used. You know, just again, they didn't really have that much of a turnover last year of key positions. I think, you know, Corey, it's pretty much Corey Davis for for Julio Jones is really the only turnover spot. Furcher should step in fine at that tight end one role. So I think they're, they're somewhat set up nicely, but I am worried that maybe Arthur Smith just had the magic, had the mojo, and was able to get more out of this offense than the other team was. And as we've talked about, they needed every single bit of that in order to make up for the bad defense that they had. On defense, things are questionably better. Danico Autry is a huge addition. Again, only one player got over, I think it was like two and a half sacks last season. So he got seven and a half sacks with the Colts last year. So that's going to be a good, good addition. The addition of linebacker Bud Dupree is also a good one, but he might not see the field too, too much this season because he tore his ACL in December. Janoris Jenkins is a veteran. Uh, he's going to bring some good experience, but at 32 years old, he's on his fourth team in his career. I mean, it's, it's good experience, but I'm not sure if he'll how much he'll be able to provide. I mean, there's so many young receivers these days that you, you still need the speed and athleticism in order to compete now. The Titans kind of a mixed bag of very difficult games on paper or very difficult games and on paper cupcake matchups. They get five games versus the Texans, Jets and Jaguars, but they also have some tough, difficult matchups outside of that to get the prey. They get to play one of the tougher stretches of games I've probably seen so far while doing all these write-ups they get a home game versus the bills a home game versus the chiefs away game versus the colts away game versus the rams and a home game versus the saints every single one of those win teams has a win total of over nine and a half and all of them are uh, shaded towards the over and all of them but the chiefs have the have the over as the favorite the chiefs are i believe are like it's pretty much like even but i think they're the under is currently the favorite for them Anyways, I think the Titans can get some closer wins. They have like a home game versus the Cardinals, an away game versus the Seahawks, away game versus the Patriots, home game versus the Dolphins. If they can get some of those tougher games, they can easily blow past this total. Uh, but looking at their win total, it's it kind of feels a little low. Um, you know, if it, it really just comes down to if you view Ryan Tannehill's 2020 season as an outlier. If you do, then you should certainly bet the under because – I think the additions will help the defense, but it's still pretty rough. Um, But if you think that Ryan Tannehill's 2020 season, you know, was not a fluke and that he should still be able to perform pretty well in 2021, then I think you can bet the, the over. Um, In my opinion, I think the defense got a little better. 
Um, the main I, the main concern I have is that the Titans core, he, you know, Derrick Henry is such a huge part of this offense. And I don't think that their backup running back, is, you know, Darianton Evans is going to be effective. Um, so if there, if anything ever happens to, you know, Derrick Henry, this, this team could really struggle with just kind of like an identity crisis. And if anything happens to Ryan Tannehill, they have horrible backup situations. And I know you could probably perform that exercise to most teams, but it seems to be kind of a bigger issue for the Titans for, uh, than most other teams. So I kind of like the over nine wins. I think you got some baked in pushed equity there at minus minus one forty. You have to get there 58.3% of the time in order to break even. I think they probably get at like, I think they probably get there about like 60% of the time. So a little bit, I like the little over just a little bit, but again, kind of sitting on a little bit of a fence because just because of the concerns I have just with, yeah. If if Derek if anything happens to Derrick Henry, they're not able to run the ball. Let's say these additions on defense don't help as much as we think they will. This team could be giving up a lot more points than they score and not winning as many games. So that is it for the AFC South. Um, we are going to be breaking down the NFC, I believe, North next. Um, so yeah, if you like this episode, please feel free to give us a five star review. And thanks again for listening. Have a good day, folks. Bye bye.